Hi guys, and welcome to Thrive and Survive, a podcast about creatives who are trying to navigate how to balance their art, money, friends, family, and anything else that comes their way. We'll be talking about their motivation, mindset, creative process, and the challenges that they face while they focus on their artistic goals. I'm Cece Peterson, and my guest today is jewellery maker and designer Molly Coombs-Ma. We talk about how her love of Australiana influences her designs, how she feels about social media, and how she has refined her working from home routine. Let's do it. Okay, so I am sitting here Zooming with Molly Coombs-Ma, who is a jewellery designer and maker. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Hey, Stacey, thanks for having me. Now, I've been following you for a while, and the reason why I've been following you is because you have such a specific and awesome kind of theme to your work, which is Australiana. And even on your website, it says um, making the daggy snazzy again. Is that right? (laughs) I I love that aspect to your designs. And I'm just so curious, where was the moment where you kind of realized that, oh, that's the subject matter that I want to design to? Well, I think I uh, I grew up kind of surrounded by a lot of Australiana. My parents are pretty daggy. Like they even had um, gum nut babies on their wedding invitations. So oh. <laughs> uh, I was surrounded by it to the point where like my dad's favourite book to read to us as a kid was um, Possum Magic and my sister would uh, go to extraordinary lengths to hide the book uh, because he just read it to us so often. So <laughs> I think if I grew up not liking Australiana, something would have gone a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of born into it. <laughs> so had you always, I guess from when you started designing and creating, was that did you find that always made its way into your art or did you kind of go through a myriad of different things before you landed on that as in that was the kind of thing you would take off with your business yeah I I started out doing just generic stuff Uh, with jewelry specifically I started out doing like food earrings and things because I was a cheap uni student and I just really (laughs) wanted food earrings and I decided to make them for myself uh but I realized pretty early on a lot of people do that and um and started tapping into what I really like, which is Australian plants and animals and popular culture, and found out that a lot of people actually really like that too. So it was, uh, yeah, meant to be. Yeah. And so when you said uh, you were at uni, were you studying design or did you kind of just do that on the side as a random project for yourself to make food earrings? No, I, yeah, (laughs) I I was studying a, a Bachelor of Design um, at the College of Fine Arts, which is now UNSW Art and Design. Um, and I was majoring in jewellery design and object design. Um, so it was I, I, I really enjoyed the aspect of making really tiny things with my hands in jewellery design. Um, so we did a lot of silversmithing, but I realised quite early on that silversmithing costs a lot in <laughs> materials and setup and... Uh, being a poor uni student again I um, looked to different mediums and that's where I found polymer clay and yeah. So tell me more about polymer clay I'm not in any way technically understanding of this so I'm really curious <laughs> like how do you like decide what materials to use and what's the the process of creating something with that type of clay? 
Yeah. So polymer clay is, it's cool. It's like Play-Doh for adults, kind <laughs> of. It's, um, I mean, kids use it too, but <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's a plastic based clay that you can mold and uh, blend the colors just like paint to create different colors. Um, and then you just basically need a home oven to bake it in at a pretty low temperature and it turns into a solid lightweight plastic. Amazing. Wow, yeah, I've it's, never heard of this. It's and now really I'm fun. Probably I'm going to start. <laughs> yeah, it had a big boom in like the 80s and 90s, uh, and it's coming back. I think people have rediscovered it. So. Right, and so what's the the process behind, say, making a new piece of jewelry? Because you you hand make each and every one of your pieces. Um, what's that? time-wise, cost-wise from start to end, say for one pair of earrings, what do you think approximately, obviously it changes, I'm sure, depending on the item, but I'm just curious what that length of time is like. Yeah, it's a tough question to answer. I get it a bit. Um, it's, um, it does depend on the size of the earring and the, um, the complexity of the design, but basically um, it starts with I, I always start with sketching just as much as I can um simplifying shapes and I, I often get inspiration from old um like vintage uh secondhand books about uh Australian plants and flowers and birds and things because they either have like really funky uh vintage photography or um kind of a little bit off scientific drawings where like the birds are too fat and the beaks are too long or something like that so that's quite fun to work from because my um my designs aren't supposed to be uh, anatomically correct or they're always a little bit whimsical so I start with sketching and try and break it down into the simplest shapes um that I can and that I know that I can achieve with polymer clay um, and then I sometimes I do a little practice run uh, and I'm very grateful when I do that. And yeah. otherwise, other, other times I just dive straight into making a big batch and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It's, I should do practice runs more because it works out in my favour, <laughs> but I'm a bit lazy sometimes. So I get that. It's like, ah, um, we'll work it out on the floor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. But it's like the cooking process is only about 30 minutes maybe a little bit longer um, and making uh, like buying the um, materials is pretty affordable. It, I can stretch it a long way because my jewelry is often quite thin. I've managed to come up with techniques to make it quite thin. And um, so I can stretch that. Um, and yeah, the like one pair of earrings, uh, I don't even, I can't even put a, a number, a time to it. It's, no, that's perfect though. I'm yeah. just more curious about the step, I guess more the step-by-step -step process of you know, sketching and then you create it and then cook it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cook it. <laughs> and so I guess when you finished uni, had you already kind of started selling your pieces on the side at, while you were studying or what was that process like from graduating to this becoming your business yeah, I think I started in um, kind of my last year of uni. I was making uh, earrings on the side and just selling them on Etsy. Um, and then 
I built up my Etsy store and to a point where in about 2017, so two years later from when I started, I was making the same amount of money from that as I was from my job um, doing graphic design. Um, So I decided to take the leap and uh, jump into it full time and it paid off. So I've been doing it full time ever since then. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. And so what's kind of a breakdown of a week for you then? I I know that's not a good question because I know it changes every week, but you know, how would you, if you were going to plan your week, what are the kind of blocks of time that you make sure in there to either be working on commissions or working on a range or new stuff? Like what's that variety like for you? I'm not going to lie. I am pretty bad at organizing ahead of time. (laughs) So a lot of the time it is me trying to catch up with uh, what I should be doing. But um, a typical week involves me uh, probably doing a bunch of sketching of either new ideas or just things for fun um, or redesigning old pieces. Um, Having a play with some polymer clay or some... um, designs on the computer and packing orders is a lot a lot of my time is packing orders and posting them um yeah that's about it it's it's other than all of the other meaningless sort of little tasks that you have to do like bookkeeping and all that fun stuff. social media yeah. yeah well how do you go on the social media side of things because you've got quite a large following on instagram um has that just kind of built over the years Uh, have you kind of got a strategy or marketing plan that you put in place or really it's just sharing what you're working on sharing new items and just keeping that coming for the people yeah it's uh it's probably my least favorite part of my job is oh really um uh it just makes me feel a bit (laughs) like no it's oh it's, it's a lot of pressure and I think people expect a lot, um, especially, uh, well, the algorithm expects a lot. So if, if I can't keep up with it, I uh, tend to lose followers or lose engagement quite quickly. So it's just a bit tedious. I think I've, um, it's hard to keep the passion alive in social media sometimes. Sure. And especially if, is uh, it, is it like, does the algorithm kind of, do you find it's like a daily or every second day or what's, how much time do you have between posts or not much time at all? Um, I think, I think you're supposed to post every day. Uh, but I, and nowhere near organized enough to do that. That's a, um, big, that's a big ask. I always wonder how yeah. people who kind of uh, make their living on Instagram as in maybe an influencer, how they have to basically share their lives every day must be so difficult, especially if that's not yeah. kind of what the main point of it is. It's more to share your work with um, the people following you. Yeah, exactly. And there's only so many times people want to see a picture of the same pair of earrings, in my opinion. So I'm like, I tend not to do that. But then I feel like maybe I'm supposed to. It's very hard. But uh, I I mean, I owe a lot to Instagram anyway. And I get a lot, um, a lot of my business comes through that. So it's a very important element. For Um, sure. And do you have... (laughs) (laughs) And do you have you met... Um, many kind of fellow designers through Instagram or any other social media platform that's kind of helped you create a community or 
do you find it kind of remains to be quite solo if you're working from home kind of doing your own thing? No, I think there definitely is um, a pretty good small business um, creative community uh, in Australia anyway on um, on Instagram. There's a lot of people that you can kind of just um, create a little online relationship with and they have your back and um, support you, which is always really, really nice and very important. Um, also, I find a lot of people who I follow online, I end up meeting at markets, mm. um, obviously not at the moment, thanks COVID, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a great place to network and um, find like-minded people and friends. Yeah. Well, I guess now that you've mentioned COVID, I'm curious what markets obviously, but has there been much to shift and change around since kind of we've gone into quarantine or sorry, self-isolation? What's kind of changed for you or what have you found you may have had to adapt towards or pivot to just to kind of keep things going, seeing as that we can't go outside and participate in those kind of events anymore? I'm, I'm really lucky. I um, have been working from home for myself for a really long time. So I'm not a huge amount has um, shifted for me. It's mostly um, markets, which were a good, um, they were a pretty important part of my income mm. throughout the year because um, they were a big kind of cash injection in a big lump sum uh, throughout the year. So I'd only do probably four or five markets a year, um, but they were big ones and they've all been cancelled. So mm. I have to pivot and figure out how to replicate those sales with um, online sales and how to keep people engaged through that. It's it's mm. always a bit hard with something like jewellery because people want to see it, pick it up, touch, touch it. it, yeah. Um, which is why um, markets were so great for me because I'd even, even if people didn't buy then and there, they remembered what it was like so they could buy it online, um, whereas now I have to sort of um, cover all of that with just social media and my website. It's a lot mm. harder. Yeah. And since you have been kind of working from home for yourself for such a long time, do you have any tried tricks, habits, um, tips that you kind of follow to make sure you stay productive and creative um, or I guess on the flip side any challenges that you find yourself facing even now after so long from working from home that you're like oh I just that annoys me or I love this or you know <laughs> yeah uh, the distraction of a kitchen is always hard uh, <laughs> I'm a bored eater so if I get a bit bored and have a little side of the kitchen I'm like mm, I could uh, just have a snack <laughs> um, but other than that I think it's for me it was really important to get out of my pajamas have a shower have breakfast and like do a morning routine and then go to work so where like whether that's just my lounge room or my uh, studio space or whatever it has been over the years, um, I think that's really important. It's important to have a dedicated space. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it is the kitchen table, you just have to kind of make it your own. Um, and, yeah, get out of your pyjamas. Definitely helps. <laughs> and um, where do you kind of see your business growing to do you have any plans ideas that you want to 
I guess, branch out into like different forms of design or what's kind of the the future look like with or without the COVID lockdowns, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> um, I like to keep it pretty <laughs> open. I think I will, I'll definitely stay um, small scale. Um, I don't really have any interest in going into mass production or anything like that. So can I, can I ask why I just, I've spoken to a few people and a lot of small business owners kind of have that same outlook. And I guess everyone always assumes like, let's keep growing, let's keep growing. But so many makers kind of want to cap it where they can still have that autonomy. Is that kind of the reasoning behind yours? What was your thinking between Um, that growth discussion? Yeah, I think for me, I, um, I've always kind of wanted to have a pretty independent business. So that's why I, like, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades now, even though I didn't sign up for it, I have to do, I do a lot more than just designing and making. Um, and I like to keep that at a scale that I can still manage. Uh, but also I think it's really important to create small business and, um, smaller scale production lines because they have a lot more charm and individuality to them that mass production can't have. And you also, I I don't know, I'm not really interested in uh, a million people wearing my earrings. I just want the special few who have a good connection to it. Mm -hmm. That's, um, that's really nice. And a really specific vision for the business. Like that's, that is a really specific view for how you want it to grow. And do you find it difficult or easy to balance your kind of personal life and your work life with, I guess, it all kind of occurring maybe in the same house? Do you find it easy enough to turn off when you want to turn off and enjoy the evening? Or what's that look like? Or you've kind of mastered that now after, I mean, it's been quite a few years. <laughs> uh, yeah, certainly not. I haven't mastered it. I, um, I find it pretty tough. Um, I've always been a little bit of a, I'm not a social butterfly. I, I like to stay at home. Mm-hmm. So having a job that also means you're at home limits your social interactions a lot. For me, most of my social interaction comes from my cat or the people at the post office who I have very enthousi- enthusiastic conversations <laughs> with about express post or signature on delivery. So, <laughs> um, but I have, a, I have a, a few really good friends who know that that's what I'm like and they encourage me to go out when I can pre-lockdown. Uh, um, and, yeah, so, but I... Yeah, I struggle. It's it's tough. And have there been any kind of, um, I always like to ask this question, any uh, hurdles that you've kind of personally had to overcome on a more regular basis, like something that keeps rearing its head, whereas there's another area that you kind of can get through quite easily. I mean, for some people it's, um, you know, the fear of it not being perfect. So they have to make sure they remind themselves every day. It's okay. If it's not perfect, get it out, get it out. If that makes sense. Do you have anything that you've found yourself come up against regularly? Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I, um, I think social media can have a huge negative impact on people's uh, creativity and mentality. Uh, I find myself often scrolling through and think and getting a lot of like imposter syndrome every time I am about to launch um, new products or, or restock my shop, I get a lot of imposter syndrome where I think, oh, I'm not good enough. And it's, this time is the time that people will realize that I'm a fraud and I'm not very good at what I do and they're over it. 
And uh, luckily I have a really supportive community behind me who um, who do buy my things and like my things. Uh, I just have to remind myself each time that I'm releasing new designs or not to put too much pressure on myself. It will, yeah. it will be okay. <laughs> That's good though. And I think that happens so often, like you could have guaranteed sales, guaranteed sales, but when you've personally touched and worked and built something, there's no way there's not that personal stake there. Even if it's repeated each, each cycle, it still exists, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Excuse me. Um, so do you have anything new that's coming out soon that you'd like to kind of share and people can keep an eye out for dates or do you kind of just update things as they're, they're completed and ready to go? I would love to say that I have uh, plans, but I am a fly by the seat of my pants kind of gal. That's fine. That's <laughs> so, great. <laughs> uh, if they follow me on Instagram, I will announce it probably a day or two before it happens. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'll make sure at the end I tag in your Instagram and everything so people can follow you because your designs are whimsical and lovely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming and chatting. I'm so glad we finally got to meet up because, um, like I said, I followed you for a while and I've just always um, loved your pieces. So it's been great to hear kind of more about the background and how you got there. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really lovely. Thanks, Molly. You can find Molly on Instagram at mollycm or on her website, mollycoomsma.com. Thanks for listening and I'm excited to bring you along to meet some more interesting people who are balancing the art of making art. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Thrive and Survive Podcast or check out the website thriveandsurvivepodcast.squarespace.com. And that's it for now. You've been listening to Thrive and Survive. See you in the next episode.